You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. And before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan like myself that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the perfect podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Major League Play-By-Play voice Aram Lighton is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. This is Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley, and we are back here for another edition of the show. I've said that like eight times now. All right. Matt Manning, day yesterday as you are listening to this, still the night of for me and not a fantastic outing to say the least. We're going to hop into some Matt Manning talk, talk about what went right, which was not a lot, what went wrong, and then get into what this means for his future. There's a lot of ridiculous overreactions going out on the on the Bird app and on the internet. That is ridiculous and happens every time anyone in this organization does bad ever, and I'm really tired of it. Then we will get into the rest of the team, how the rest of the team fared against the 13-5 loss to the Cleveland baseball team. And then in our final segment, we will wrap up our thoughts on the game, look to the future, look at the season as a whole. Some some interesting stats came about if you follow the Locked on Tigers Twitter account. And just... Some other like bullpen performances and stuff. Wrap just wrap it up as a whole. Wrap up this this not very great baseball game that was played as a whole, and then talk about Hinge and kind of the overall outlook of the season. So let's get right into it. Let's just talk about Matt Manning. Thank you for listening so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, Matt Manning was not great. I didn't appreciate really watching his performance too much. Like, I appreciate you listening. I did not appreciate having to watch Matt Manning. Not having to. Choosing to to watch all of a 13-5 loss to the Cleveland baseball team. So, yeah, let, let's just get into it. Stop beating around the bush. Matt Manning was not good. Final line for those who didn't watch, which I don't blame you, or just tried to ignore. You're not going to be able to now unless you fast forward. I'll give you a sec to do that. Matt Manning's final line, three and two-thirds, nine hits, nine runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Okay, so not a fantastic line to say the least. So what worked, what didn't work? Well, the fastball sure as hell did not work. And that has been the most used pitch by far so far in his major league tenure. He's just been throwing the hell out of the fastball and he continued to do it and he got rocked today. And that was expected. You can go back to this exact show after his Cardinals performance. I want to say, I don't think I was host yet for his, Oh no, my first episode was recapping his MLB debut, that angel series. So I think I've said it twice now. If not, maybe not. But I, I think 
you can go back and find me saying he's going to have some rough outings because the adjustments are going to have to be made. He's not going to be able to just throw 92-93 fastballs that take up a lot of the strike zone and, and are not, not painted by any stretch of the imagination and just keep getting away with that and keep getting these low strikeout, lot of balls hit and play, but not giving up very many runs outings. It's not gonna it's not gonna be sustainable. And that was put on display in the biggest of ways. Giving up nine runs, not ideal. So that's the first thing. Just continued to throw the heck out of the fastball. And Cleveland knew it was coming. And they made the most of it. Props to them. Sure, you, you know. If you get thrown a lot of fastballs and you're a major leaguer, you should probably put up 13. If you're getting thrown whatever 70% fastballs, you probably should have the offensive explosion that Cleveland had today. So that for starters, that that happened. Adjustments are going to have to be made. Yes. Okay. Moving on. The curveball, I still really like, and I still think he threw it pretty darn well. One of them went for a ride and was hit very far. <laughs> However, as a whole, I think he was still throwing them in a, in a two-strike count. He was throwing them down in the dirt. Sure, I'd like to be a little more creative, but at least it wasn't an 0-2 count and he was hanging them at least. That's something to be said for that. Just third major league start, he's still a kid. It's something to be said for that. I still really like the curveball. He needs. To, I would love to see him throw the change up more. Would love to see him throw the change up more. But again, he's still adjusting to the major league game. And... I think it was part of the plan to just throw a lot of fastballs and pound the strike zone. I really do. Do I think part of the plan was giving up nine runs? No, not what I'm trying to say. But I do think that the game plan so far in his major league career has been, hey, just pound the zone as much as possible and then we'll adjust after we figure out what works and what doesn't. His first two starts, he was able to pound the strike zone with only fastballs and get away with it for the most part. Only gave up two runs in his first two outings individually, not not combined. Today, different story, obviously. He's going to make adjustments. He's going to go back back to the lab, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. A lot of big overreactions on, on, on the Bird app, on the internet. A lot of big overreactions. A lot of people saying that he's a bust because he only throws his fastball and his fastball is not that fast and it's over and the dude's going to suck. Some of you are the least patient human beings I've ever met in my life. It's unbelievable. This this is just a ridiculous take. It's a ridiculous that that crosses your mind and it's even more ridiculous that you make that public and like let people know that that's what you're thinking because that it could not be further from the truth. This game has zero indication of his potential, his ceiling, what he will be going forward. This game does not, I, don't, I can't think of the words I'm trying to, to, the adjectives that I should be using, but this game is is has zero to do with his future because he got rocked in his third MLB start against Cleveland does not mean that he will not reach the heights that some people have set for him or that he set for himself. It's okay. He's going to make adjustments. He's going to be fine. This was relatively expected for anyone that watched the first two starts and saw what he was throwing out there. It really was. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I don't know why I would be sorry for that. It was relatively expected, and it happened. 
he's going to be fine. I've said that a million times. I'm going to keep saying it because way too many people out there this evening were saying that he won't be. And that's just beyond dumb. Now, for the development side of it, am I saying that he is major league ready? No, I am not. Am I saying that a trip back down to Toledo wouldn't be the worst idea in the world? No, I am not. Because it it probably would be a, a decent idea. All I'm saying is tonight's game means nothing when looking at the total outs the total the total picture, the big picture and, and looking into the future of his game and his career arc. This will not even be a blip. This will be nothing. He's gonna go in, him and Feder are gonna work, he's gonna make adjustments. I again I think he was just told, hey, pound the zone as much as possible. His walk numbers are still good at all three starts. He didn't walk anyone tonight. I know that doesn't mean much when you give up nine hits and nine runs. But he didn't give up any walks. He pounded the hell out of the zone. I think it was part of the plan. I think he executed that plan. He just did it with all 92 and 93 mile an hour, not too much movement fastballs, and major league hitters took advantage of that. And they didn't as much, his first two starts. Now he's going to go in. He's going to make adjustments. I hope he still stays aggressive and doesn't turn into a, a, a nibbling Nancy like Mize and Scooble have at points in their career. But obviously, 70% fastballs that are all in the strike zone is not going to work. He's going to go in. He's going to make adjustments. He's going to be absolutely fine. Everybody take a deep breath with me. Okay? He's going to be fine. What's his future hold? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to wait until some of our pitchers that are on the IL become healthy again before we send him back down. Or if, like, tomorrow we're going to get a Tigers PR tweet sending him back down. I'm not really sure we can afford it when we still have Willie Peralta and and the likes of getting starts in the year 2021. Not really sure we can we can too much afford to send him down. Especially you know we've had bullpen days. I really don't think we can afford it. Um but but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for him just as a whole. Everybody needs to calm down a little bit. This was relatively expected. He'll make adjustments. He'll be fine. Now we're going to head into our second segment here. Talk about the offense, some of the standouts on the offensive side. We did put up five runs, which wins you some games. That's not, but far from a horrible performance. But first, before we get into that, I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With all the increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, you have the internet, and you have access to rockauto.com at home and even in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years now. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent 
you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. You can go ahead and follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers or myself at Bentley Scotty. Pretty good about tweeting comfortably on both of those accounts, I feel like, but not bad to follow both just so you get everything that I put out. You'll be overwhelmed with uh, w- with my output of, of Detroit Tigers stats and stuff. And like I said, I'm also a host over at Lockdown Red Wings as well, as well. And then obviously the Pistons. I said obviously again. And then the Pistons winning the lottery. I've had a lot of opinions on that. I have a lot of just sports opinions for the city in general. So not bad to, uh, t- to follow up there. Heading into segment two here, we're going to talk about the offense for this game. Some performances that stood out to me. First off, Akil Badu got... Uh, I... You... Ha- hmm... It, it takes a lot for me to say that someone is being too passive at the plate because I love drawing walks. I am okay with taking an occasional second strike, even an occasional third strike, if it means your walk numbers go up significantly, and his have. This game specifically, on a micro level, not macro, not the week, not the weekend, not, not whatever, not the month, this game, this what four or five at-bats, he was incredibly passive. Took a third strike that caught a lot of the zone on a full count. And I get it, full count's tough. He had two strikeouts in four at-bats, and one of them was really not a bad pitch. Not a bad pitch. It, was, it, it broke down off-speed, broke down a little bit, started in the zone, stayed in the zone. And again, this is a micro outlook, and I love the at-bats that he has taken, how much his walk numbers have improved, etc. Just on a micro level, you're leading the team in OPS, brother. Let it fly. Something I've always believed is is it's always hard to put super competitive at-bats together when you're getting demolished. I think that that's true. I think that holds a lot of merit when, when you've given up 13 runs. I don't, personally, I don't expect... Everybody to go in and, and give the greatest at bat ABs of their lives. But again, it was a pretty darn good pitch. He took a, several really good strikes. Um, and as a whole, going forward, something to keep an eye on. Again, just looking at a micro, he might fix it. Might have just been a weird pitch that he wasn't sitting on. And as it might have just been a weird game. We got destroyed, sure. But just something to keep an eye on going forward hope he uh hope he's not so passive that he's that he's not going to swing anymore still want him to put the put the bat on the ball obviously Harold Castro is the other one I want to talk about Harold Castro uh I'm not sure how he's still on the major league roster he can he could go anytime I'd be pretty fine with it when Nico comes back from his injury I would imagine that's the end of Harold Castro at the latest if Harold Castro's still here when Nico's healthy again, I would imagine he's the one to go because really the only thing he provides at this point is the fact that he plays multiple positions and that really goes away once Nico comes back because now we just have two people that do that and Nico's the better hitter. 
So I think Harold Castro's days are slowly but surely crawling and, and climbing to an end there. So something to keep an eye on. Willie Castro, couple of knots, put the bet on the ball. His offense has been a lot better the last month. The defense is still horrid, and the offense hasn't been so unbelievably good that I think it justifies keeping him, or really ch- maybe justifies keeping him is the wrong thing. It doesn't change my outlook on him. I, I don't think he's a future part of the plan of this team here. And keep hitting. I'm never going to be mad at someone on my team hitting. I would love to be wrong about him. Obviously, he showed flashes in 2020. But just as a whole, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm into it. Again, we, we kind of talked about this on yesterday's show. I don't, I don't need to reiterate all those points. But the Castro bros that aren't actually bros, some definitely keep an eye on. Jake Rogers is someone that has really pleasantly surprised me at the plate. And he hasn't even been like that good. <laughs> you know, he, he's steady rocking a 741 OPS. Far from bad, far from incredible. A solid, solid hitter. And for years now, since 2017, since we traded him, since we traded for him for Verlander, ever since that deal, the notion has always been, and what we have always been told, is if he can even be an average hitter, he is going to be very valuable to your organization because he plays great defense and has a cannon. And we're finally, four years later, finally starting to see some of that come to life. He obviously, dang it, he had a great game, (laughs) said obviously again. He had a great game in Cleveland. He had a great game, hit a homer there. Um, They showed the stats after. I'm not sure that that's a homer in Comerica. They showed the fence for Comerica compared to... I still call it Jacobs Field because that's what it was when I went there, but now it's progressive or whatever the heck it is now. Regardless, barely gets out, puts another bat on the ball later, doesn't have a bad day at the office, right? Anytime you're going up and playing solid defense, he had a big boy block there as well. Anytime you're playing solid defense as well as you can go one for three with a homer, sure, man, I'll take that gladly with a good defense behind the plate. I will take that 10 times out of 10. I was also a catcher growing up. I'm a massive, massive advocate for catcher defense. I love framing. One of my uh, rather controversial and one of my very few kind of traditional, like old-timey takes is that I'm, I'm very new age and very analytical when it comes to evaluating players. I love advanced stats and such, and I believe that If you are watching the games, you can use advanced stats. Using all of one or all of the other, I think, is detrimental. So I think there's a very good healthy balance there. I'm I'm not saying don't watch baseball and then just look at numbers and try and make an argument. I think that's also ridiculous. However, back to the original point, one of my only really traditional takes is that I am against robo-umps because I love framing. I think framing is super important. Do I think umpiring needs to improve? Yes. I think that they need to be held way more accountable. You, you can go and fly up and, and you have to work your way up to the majors as an umpire. But once you're in the majors, then you're just like there and there's no, oh, if you suck, you get sent back down like a player. It's just once you make it, you make it. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think there does need to be more accountability 
and and more of a system in place at MLB ump scorecards. I think that's their ad. If it's not, just look it up. Um, MLB umpire scorecards, great Twitter account. So I, I do think they need to improve. However, as a whole, I'm still against robo umps because of how much I love catching and how much I love defensive catchers and how important I think that is to a pitcher and how, how much I think it's part of the game of baseball. So you can go on and, and you can at me and call me an idiot because p- plenty of people do already. Once you hear this part and you want to go on and be angry at me, that's fine. But that is still something that I very much believe in. And Jake Rogers is the epitome of, like we have known and like I said earlier, if he maintains this level of offense and continues to bring the defense that he is, the arm that he has running on Jake Rogers very quickly, Word is getting around the league that that is a bad idea. He is throwing dudes out like crazy. He's very active behind the plate. He's throwing behind runners, which I love. Keeps people on their toes. And again, just shows aggressiveness. And it shows attentiveness. I think that's so important behind the dish. He's very athletic back there. He's not slouching and and has like the the knee savers. Or he's not slouching with, with his butt on his ankles. He is very active. He makes good blocks. Every once in a while, a ball will get away from him, but whatever, that's that's developable. If he can maintain just this mid-700s OPS and keep developing the defense into the defensive ceiling that a lot of people believe he has, he could be a, a really good and important piece here. He can bat 7 through 9 and just play great defense behind the dish. And I think that would be so valuable to a team. And for all those that that complain about, oh, well, potential log jam at catcher once Dylan Dingler comes up, nobody, unless your name is Yadier Molina. And even these days, that's slowing up, slowly but surely. Nobody these days catches 140 to 162 games. It just doesn't happen anymore. Almost all good teams have two solid catchers. And whether some teams do the, we're going to have one def- defensive catcher that can't hit and one catching bat that's not very good behind the plate. However you mix that up, all teams have two catchers that play solid amount of playing time. I would love for a platoon of Dingler and Rogers in the future. I think that that would be incredible. The depth there is amazing and it really excites me. It really excites me a lot. Okay, segment three here. Talk about A.J. Hinch, the season outlook as a whole, some some interesting stats about us being third place before this Cleveland uh, baseball team game tonight, and some other stuff we're going to touch on before we wrap up. But first, I got to talk to everybody about Wild Alaskan Company. We all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein But the seafood counter can kind of be intimidating. Which fish tastes best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. You're used to having a lot of choices when it comes to what you eat. But it matters where your foods come from. Get your nutrition from nature. The Wild Alaskan Company sources wild-caught seafood from Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination of the two. And every month, there are different specials to explore. 
Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company is how nature intended it to be, always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains zero antibiotics. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. And lastly, I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's obviously, obviously, I said it, in full swing and you can track all the action here at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game with teams prepping for their deep playoff runs. Crazy Clippers-Suns game this evening. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, heading into the final segment here at LOCKDOWN Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. We're going to jump into some other performances that I thought were noteworthy. Daniel Norris, um, I think his time is running out too. I think it's really wild. His career arc is just so crazy and you can't help but feel for him. But at the same time, time's running out just a, a crazy career up to this point. He's not even 30 really, really wild to think about guy that was a top prospect in all the baseball gets is the, the prize possession, the main piece of a, of a trade involving a Cy Young winner that was still in their prime. Uh, David Price, he comes over here, he struggles immediately, then then he's diagnosed with cancer, comes back from that, continues to struggle, goes to the bullpen, finds a little bit of late life in a long relief bullpen role, and then this season, unfortunately, it has just not gone to plan. He has not been very good this year whatsoever, currently rocking a 667. ERA after giving up another earned run on three hits in one inning against Cleveland. Nobody really did well this game, so I'm not trying to like pinpoint just everybody that sucked because I'd just be really naming the entire roster outside of Miguel Cabrera and Jake Rogers. But Dan, it's just the whole season. It really hasn't gone to plan. Hinge came in and said that he could have been a valuable lefty bullpen piece. And I think a lot of people, after the season he had last year, also follow that sentiment. And it's just not looking like he's going to be in the cards for the future. I really am curious to see, again, with all these injuries, I think you kind of have to keep him on the team at this point. But when we start, if we start getting healthy again and, and maybe closer to the trade deadline, or maybe right after the trade deadline, we start hitting August, I'll be really interested to see what happens with him and and how much longer of a leash he's going to have and how much we're going to continue to, to keep letting him go out there and kind of labor, honestly, at this point. He's almost got a 7 ERA. Just not a great season for him. Hopefully he can figure it out. But 
certainly not a uh, not how he drew it up going into the year. AJ Hinch, the walk off suicide squeeze was phenomenal um, on uh, two days ago. As you're listening to this on on Sunday's game, really really fun game, and that that win moved us into third place. That's crazy. You are third place Detroit Tigers. And the crazy thing about that, and we're now back to fourth after losing to Cleveland. So this no longer applies. But that was, I tweeted this on the Lockdown Tigers account. That was the first time we've been in third on that date. Third place or better in the AL Central. On that date, the June 27th, I believe it was. Since 2018, with the likes of Leonis Martin in the lineup. Mike Fires was the starting pitcher. Crazy, crazy, crazy to think about. And the sad part is, is us being in third, the people that were tweeting that out, like, oh, look, we're, we're in third place now with screenshots of the standings. People were freaking out. And I, I loved it too. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not that much of a pessimist, but I had, I certainly had my fun with it. But how the mighty have fallen, man. <laughs> we're being in third place and over 10 games under 500 on June 27th made all of Tigers Twitter freak out and be wildly happy for a night. Really, really crazy just to think about six, seven years ago how ridiculous that would have sounded. If you would have told 2014 me as a, as a sophomore in high school that, hey, in 2021, we're going to be like 11 or 12 games under 500 and we're going to make we're going to be in third in the division and you're just going to be ecstatic about it. I would have said, you're telling me seven years from now. Uh, That's wild to me. Even if you would have told 2017 me, knowing that we were heading into a full rebuild, watching everybody get traded away and knowing that the next three, four years were going to be brutal. It's just... This really comes back to the front office and ownership and how in 2017 we sold everyone. We were all told by every single mouthpiece of the organization, every single anybody of the organization, the organization itself, that in 2020 we were going to start spending again. We were going to start being good again. That was the deadline. We're going to sell everybody in 2017. We're going to be on the come up in 2020. 2019 we had one of the worst baseball teams of all time. 2020 we were better but not great. Obviously a weird year. And now this season, our biggest free agent acquisition going into the 2021 season was our manager. Doesn't sound like 2020 was the time frame to me, personally. That being said, I'm so glad that AJ Hinch is here. He is an incredible manager. He's one of the best managers in baseball. He shows it time and time again. The decision to bunt there got us a win. I'm not a big bunt guy. You play to win the game, hello, and we won the game. I'm going to take it every time I can. That's why he's getting paid millions to be in our dugout. He is one of the best managers in the sport. Thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Southside. It's it's the first time in a long time that any Detroit team has been able to say that one of the best coaches, managers, etc. in their respective sport resides in Detroit. It's awesome to say. I think that's all I got. Really just, it's crazy to me that third place was that big of a deal to everybody. And it not in a bad way. It was a big deal to me too. I'm not I'm not 
judging people, but just thinking back at the glory days, man. And I know that I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't think back at the glory days because that's only going to cause me more pain, but just crazy. Miggy, uh, also homered again, one step closer. I believe he's seven now away from five hundo, one step closer. Um, also locked in on, on three K as well. Doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, but it looks like a, uh, May to June ish time frame for next year, assuming health, which is a big, a big assumption, but knock on wood. So that's always fun. No matter, no matter the record, we're not going to be competitive this year. We're not going to be playoff competitive. I should say this year. It's, it really is relative because this year is a, is a world series contender of competitiveness compared to 2019. Just, just a season and a half, two seasons ago. So I guess I should, I should clarify how competitive I mean. We're not going to push for a playoff spot this year. So I'm okay with just watching Maggie rack up milestones. I hope, I would imagine he'd get to 500 this year. And, uh, and 3K next year will be fun too. We'll kind of get into more of, I've been asked several questions from people about what to do with Miggy after he hits those milestones. Because obviously he's not going anywhere until he hits both of those. But then afterwards, it's kind of a question mark, so we will get into that absolutely at some point. Got a lot of ideas, a lot of stuff to talk over on uh, on off days. We're going to have plenty to talk about for a while, and that's super exciting. Then the draft coming up, I have to try to convince everybody to that that it, drafting another catcher is really okay, and, and it doesn't matter. I need to convince everybody of that, and uh, I will certainly try my best to do so. That's going to do it here for me. At Locked On Tigers. Like I said, you can follow the show at Locked On Tigers. You can follow me at Bentley Scotty. We have an Instagram now as well. I'm going to start making videos again and putting them on Instagram with Locked On stickers and stuff all over it. It's going to be a lot more professional than me just screaming like an idiot in my car. So you have that to look forward to. Also, did anyone listen to the intro music? Because it's heat and it's new. And uh, if you skipped it, go back and re-listen because it's fire. Okay, shout out to, to all the people at Locked On that, uh, that hooked me up with that. And that'll do it. That'll do it for a, for a rough outing, but still a bright future. And still, A.J. Hinch is our manager. A.J. Hinch is our manager, baby. Thank you so much for listening. Like I always say, it truly means the absolute world to me to have this opportunity and for you guys to, to willingly listen to what I have to say. It's pretty unreal still to me, but I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.